This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college basketball fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, we are finally here. What we, we started with, what, 68? Well, I'm going to say 64. Fuck the playing games. We started with 64 teams, not even two weeks ago, and now finally in college basketball, we're down to four, baby. We are down to four. We're down to four, and we're down to four teams that I think, you know, a lot of people thought, I think a lot of people thought that North Carolina would be there. A lot of people thought Oklahoma would be there. Not a lot of people thought Villanova was going to be there. Yeah, and I'll bet you just about nobody thought Syracuse was going to be there. Well, and I mean, to me, the biggest surprise, and we're going to get into the Final Four a little bit later. To me, the the surprise team that they're in the Final Four is Villanova. And the reason being is, let's be honest, Villanova did not like they. I said it in earlier podcasts. I think I said it in our tournament preview. They have been allergic to the second and third weekends for the last couple of years. They were like, you know what? It's good to be in the tournament. We'll play Thursday, maybe Saturday, and then that's it. We're not going to play any further than that. Two games and we're done. I'll tell you what. This is what I said when I... This is what I said after I was watching the Kansas-Villanova game on... When was it? Was it Saturday? Mm -hmm. After watching that game, I tweeted, you know, something along the lines of, I will eat my words on this one and give props to Villanova. And that's exactly what I'm going to do here. Throughout the season, I said, I was here saying, Villanova, they're weak. They're in the Big East. Big East sucks. Mm -hmm. They're terrible. They are not going to go anywhere. Well, I am here to say that I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. Villanova has proven to a lot of people this year that they're a good basketball team, that they're a basketball team that can compete, that they're a basketball team that has heart, that has soul, that has the fundamentals, that has a really good group dynamic about them that's what Villanova has and I think that because of that that's what's taken them to where they are right now they are a basketball team that this year a lot of people wrote them off especially when they were back when they were middle of season number one you know I think a lot of people were looking at that you and I specifically Mm -hmm. Ricky we looked at that and we said they're only number one because this team, this team, this team lost in Villanova. Then, by chance, because of where they were, were put up to number one. You know, it, it really looks like Villanova this year, under good coaching and just heart by their players, they have had a tremendous season. Now, I mean, I'm going to say good job. To the Villanova Wildcats. But I want to put one stipulation in this one, Brandon, about what you just said. There's one stipulation. Of course, this is the great thing about March Madness is we're all wrong in the end. But I feel like like 
okay, that second game, they play Iowa instead of Temple. Okay, you got an easy game to get to the Sweet 16. At that moment, I was thinking, well, yeah, you got on because you played Iowa. Everything after that, they proved me wrong. Miami was a quality win. Kansas was a quality win. If they beat Oklahoma, I may pick them to then win the national championship because Oklahoma is my champion. There's one other team, though, that I want to kind of start the podcast talking about is Syracuse. They are the only team in this Final Four with double digits, and I'm kind of stealing a topic here from around the horn because they talked about this today, but I feel like it's relevant and I disagreed with a few and most of the panelists today on Around the Horn. I'll let you answer first. They answered the or they answered the question of this. Did the committee get it right with Syracuse because Syracuse made the final four? Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't when when so many people were calling for oh, Syracuse shouldn't make the tournament, they shouldn't make the tournament. Why not? Why shouldn't they make the tournament? Why should they not make the tournament? I, I, I think that if you if you take a look at uh, some of the teams like maybe a, a Wichita State, I don't think Wichita State really should have been playing in a play-in game. Um, people say that, you know, Syracuse, if they were going to make the tournament, they should have played in a play-in game. But I, I, I don't... I don't see anything wrong with that. To be quite honest with you, I I don't see anything wrong with it. Syracuse was 9 and 9, 23 and 13 on the season. Pitt was 9 and 9 in the in the when I say 9 mm-hmm. and 9 com- conference record, they were 21 and 12. They made the they made the tournament. No one complained about Pitt, but they complained about Syracuse. What Here's, what 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 is I'm the difference? What is the difference there? To complain about Syracuse, but at the same time, not complain about Pitt, who is right there at the same level, and Syracuse is now in the Final Four. I think this is a year, we said it from the beginning, seed didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter at the top, didn't matter at the bottom, and we saw it. We saw it this year. Twos went down. Ah. Threes went down. Yeah, but part of Fours me, okay. went down. Okay. And guess wait, what? Wait, guess who wait, was beating wait, them? 15, wait, 14, wait, 13, wait, 11, wait, 10. Wait. What are we waiting on? What no, are we waiting on? No, the one thing, and this is the big. this is the biggest thing I've had with the committee this year. And the whole thing with me is I know that you're saying, well, we've seen so many of these younger I'm gonna say younger seeds because they're the upsetters, the higher seeds, get all these upsets. Mid Tennessee State, Syracuse going to the final four, Wichita State, SF Austin. The reason why Northern Iowa, Hawaii, I can name them all, but the reason why we saw so many of these is I feel because of the parity we had this year the committee didn't seed anybody right, except for maybe. Well, you could even argue for at this point the number one seeds, and it goes back to. I'm going to go back to when we were previewing the tournament. What did Coach Calipari say when they interviewed him on Selection Sunday about his team getting a four seed instead of a three seed? Didn't we play a game today? 
But who does it who does it hurt? It doesn't hurt Kentucky. It, it hurts, hurts the team Kentucky plays. It hurts the team Kentucky plays. Villanova, for example, they get a two, not a one. Who does that hurt? It hurts Iowa. It hurts Miami. It hurt Kansas. Well, Kansas you can't say they the one and two seed meet in the end if both win, but like it hurt Miami. Miami, if Villanova is a one seed, they're not playing Villanova in the Sweet 16. For example, Michigan State. If Michigan State's a one, they never play Mid-Tennessee State. If Mid-Tennessee wasn't a 15, which many have said they should have been higher, that never happened. So to me, I feel like you can go up and down this bracket and say this seed was wrong, this seed was wrong. Here's the thing. I'm going to get back to Syracuse, though. I think Syracuse and Villanova, similar paths to where they are right now. Villanova, UNC Asheville, they beat them by four, or they beat them by 30. Then they just trounce Iowa by 19 points in a game where Iowa never had a fucking chance to win that game. Go over to Syracuse. They go ahead and beat Dayton 70-51. to And then this mid-Tennessee State team that we're saying is giant killers because they beat Michigan State, Syracuse slaps them to the side, says, get out of here, 75-50. to Both of these teams had opponents that they could dominate in the first two games. Then we play Villanova. This is the big difference, though. Villanova in their Sweet 16 game demolishes Miami. I'm going to say demolishes, 92-69. Whereas Syracuse, we were there. They beat Gonzaga, but it was a close game. Gonzaga led in that one for most of it, and then Syracuse came. It was kind of survive in advance, Jimmy V style, where they just hung around, just hung around, just hung around, and stole it in the end. And then getting to the Elite Eight, Villanova beats the team, one of the teams that many people, me being included, is like, oh, well, Kansas, UNC, book them in the Final Four. Those are the only two one seeds that you can book to the Final Four and have a good odds on. Syracuse goes ahead and overcomes a 16-point deficit to beat Sean Anderson's UVA Cavaliers to get to the Final Four. So to me, the first two games, Syracuse, along with Villanova, had easy fucking opponents then had the big opponents, and you can say that they proved themselves in the last two games, not the first two. And Syracuse, I can't say, I can't, the question that I asked you earlier about did the committee get it right based on this run? No, I'm not going to say they got it right. Because to me, I'm not saying Syracuse shouldn't be in the field, but what I am saying is, and this is what I said, Day one after Selection Sunday. They should have been an 11 seed playing Arizona and Wichita State. Should have been that 10th seed. That is what they got wrong. Syracuse, I'm not saying shouldn't have been in the field. It's just they should have been somewhere totally different. And Wichita State probably should have been higher. Sean Anderson, you you say he's a you know he's Virgi- Virginia Cavaliers. He just became a Cavalier fan on Friday, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, on Friday. You know, I, here, here's my whole, here's my whole thing with Syracuse. They didn't get them wrong. Mm-hmm. They didn't get them wrong. You know, you you take a look at the way they beat Virginia. 
They're a good team. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. The last two games for both Villanova and Syracuse, props to you. But And I'm going to focus on, on Syracuse. Those first two games are exactly what Coach Calipari was saying Selection Sunday. Putting Syracuse at the 10 when everyone disagreed with it didn't hurt Syracuse. It hurt Dayton. It hurt Mid-Tennessee State. Now, you could be on that bandwagon that says, well, if Michigan State would have beat Mid-Tennessee State, they would have beat Syracuse. I don't know if that's true. I don't there, know if there you are, could say there that. Are, there were multiple people who were worried. If, if They were worried when Michigan State mm-hmm. won their first game because everyone thought that they were yeah. a lock. They were worried that Michigan State would struggle against Syracuse's zone defense mm-hmm. as Virginia did. And which Gonzaga did later where they couldn't hit a shot late in that game. But I just feel like Syracuse won the easy games that they they were easy games, let's be honest, Dayton and Mid-Tennessee State, and then were able to win the hard games. The one thing that pissed me off watching around the horn today when they were talking about this was I can't remember who said it, but they they brought up Mammoth because the one team, and me being included, that thought they should have been in was Mammoth. Mammoth should have been in. And they brought up the fact, well, oh, look at Syracuse. They get in. Nobody thinks they should have gotten in. Their last one, two, three, four, five, six games, they were one and five to end the season. How did they get in? And then they're like, oh, well, look at Mammoth. They lose to George Washington, the NIT. Here's the thing, and this is my big argument. If you are one of those people that makes that argument, that is, oh, well, Syracuse made the Final Four, Mammoth lost in the NIT, that's why the committee got it right. Here's what I have to say to you. Who gives a shit about the NIT? Mammoth, as soon as they went to the NIT, their players were defeated. Because they felt like they should have been in the tournament. Syracuse, you give them a shot as the 10th seed, they remind me very much of that UConn team, which is the only seventh or the only seed outside of the top four to ever win a title when they were the seventh seed. That's what the Syracuse team reminds me of. Putting them where they did, the committee didn't get it right. They gave Syracuse a shot in the arm. They gave them an adrenaline boost. And that's why Syracuse is on the run they are. Because they're like, fuck it, we're in. We're in, let's not go home, and they're playing the hottest basketball they have. That is what this answer should be. It should not be, should not be, oh, well, the committee got it right. Because Syracuse is in the Final Four. Syracuse is so dangerous. Such a dangerous team. You take a look at them. You take a look at what happened this weekend. You take a look at what happened... On Sunday. And they were out of that game. They were done. They were cooked. Mm-hmm. They went on a 25-4 to run. To end the game. Malachi Richardson. That'll be a name mm-hmm. you don't forget. Kind of like uh, the great buzzer beaters that you can't forget their names. Not gonna, not gonna forget Richardson's name. You won't. I mean, what an impressive game! You can't take that away from anybody. Virginia obviously was not scoring, but it's not because they were missing shots. It's because they were getting so methodical and so timid. 
mm-hmm. Virginia, they lost the game. They lost that game. It after, was theirs. After a dominant Sweet 16. A dominant Sweet oh, 16 my win gosh. over Iowa it State. It was nice being in an Iowa State <laughs> home game, you know? But it, it was, was all Virginia. And we even said that because this is our first podcast since going to those Sweet 16 games. Great last experience, Friday. by the way. It was awesome. Great honestly, experience. Honestly, but that folks, first game felt like an Iowa. It was a sea of red. I felt like we were at a Bulls game just with Iowa fans. Folks, I'll tell you what. You ever get a chance to go to the NCAA tournament? Do it. Take it. Because it is so worth it. It's so much fun. And Ricky is still probably pissed as hell that we didn't go to the Elite Eight game on Easter. I offered. We could have gotten I told him it was Easter. He didn't realize that it's Easter. I'm sorry that my family uh, doesn't give a shit if I go to Easter or not. They they don't love me enough, Brandon. My family doesn't love me enough. They, They wouldn't miss me if I wasn't at Easter. I went to see Batman v Superman. They didn't miss me. So we're going to move on to, instead of just talking about Syracuse, talking about Villanova, we're going to take a look at these two games because we've got two phenomenal games going on this Saturday leading to the championship on Monday. And I'm going to say this now, middle of the podcast, Next week, we're going to have a little bit of a scheduling change where the Primetime Podcast isn't going to release until Wednesday because we're going to record on Tuesday because me and Brandon got to watch that national championship game on Monday. But, Brandon, let's start with your orange. I'm going to say your orange because you rooted for him so hard when we went to the Sweet 16 games. And you all... You and Sean <laughs> and, and Dave. Dave all were standing U-V-A. there at the end U-V-A. with your dick in your hands <laughs> as I was going, you like that? You like that? Oh, I It was awesome. I got to share a story really quick before we talk about these games. The way we were sitting was Brandon was on the end. It was Brandon, me, Dave, and then Sean. That's how the four of us sat in a row. And to my right was Dave, to my left was Brandon. And Dave's rooting for Gonzaga because after that game, he loved Sabonis. Sabonis was his bro. That was like, he came in not knowing who Sabonis was, left his biggest fan. Brandon's on my left, rooting for Syracuse so hard in his Illini orange and blue. Same colors as Syracuse, though. And there was a call underneath the basket where Sabonis got fouled. And I shit you guys not, it happened so fast, but it was so funny. Right when it happened, Brandon goes, that's a bullshit call. And right away, not even hearing what Brandon says, Dave on my right goes, finally, finally they call him because he's getting murdered under the paint. Happened so fast, like so simultaneously. I was like, holy shit, that was funny. It it was it it was uh, it was fun. It, it was absolutely fun. I had you know Ricky and Dave and Sean all rooting for Gonzaga. They didn't even know why they were, and uh, I I was rooting for Syracuse. And at the end of the day, of course, the smartest one out of all of us. I just wanted a good game had the and right we got team. It. You know, I just wanted a good game out of those two, and we got a three point three point close contested game. With a and here's another thing by actually going to the game, I got to see this. 
And I mean, well, I didn't get to see it. And when I got home, I watched Sports Center, and there was a call. Remember the call late in the game where Syracuse they called them out, but yes, it clearly wasn't yes. out. We were very confused. However, by that call. they didn't say they were saying this on the broadcast. Apparently, that the refs could not check if he stepped out or not. They can only check if the ball got who the ball got tipped out on. But they can't go back and reverse a call. You know, there's like only that. certain things they can even go back and review. But we're sitting there in the stands, not knowing. People are bitching for one, bitching for the other, and it's just it's just one of those things where it's like, wow. If I was at home, I would have a total different perspective because I'd be listening to Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller give me the inside scoop. But Brandon Syracuse, your team versus your other team in North Carolina. Who are you picking in this one? You know, I, I, I really enjoyed rooting for the Syracuse Orange. Gotta <laughs> While lo- it lasted. No, you know, but seriously, you know, you got to love the underdog, though. You got to love the, love the underdog. And, were, you and, kinda, and that's, were you kind of rooting for Notre Dame so that you could root for Syracuse in the Final Four? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, not a, not a chance. No. Um, no, I, I, I think that the, the, the Syracuse Orange, I, I really give so, much, so many props to Jim Beheim and, and his – and his team, because they really, they did. They showed everybody, as Kevin Harlan said yesterday, back from the dead on Easter Sunday. <laughs> that was a great line. But I, I really think that Syracuse had a great run in this tournament, and I am so happy for them. They should be proud. And now Brandon's talking about it coming to an end. But I do. I, I think it is going to come to an end. But I think they'll play a tough game against North Carolina. North Carolina, though. You watched them against Notre Dame, who both teams had a phenomenal first half. I think it was 43-38 to 38 at halftime. It was a phenomenal half by both teams shooting-wise. I think it was 58%, 64% shooting um, on both sides respectively. And it was incredible, but you took a look at what North Carolina can do and the amount of talent that they have Mm -hmm. it's overwhelming and I think that North Carolina will be able to overcome Syracuse however I do think it will be quite the close game down to the end Uh, you know it would have been great if and only if St. Joe's would have been able to or not St. Joe's I'm going to go ahead and say if Colorado could have gone all the way to the Final Four, we would have a similar kind of similar Final Four to that we would have in 2014. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is Syracuse. Syracuse is a double-seeded team. Of course, we had a one versus a seven, a two versus an eight that year. And that was the year of the seventh-seeded UConn Huskies winning it all in the national championship. And I'm this kind of connection that I made is going to come full circle here. There was only one, one seed to make that Final Four. Who did they lose to in the Final Four, do you think? Which team in 2014? They lost to... Which seven-seeded team, Brandon? Syracuse. UConn. 
I don't even so know. So that's why this Syracuse team uh, wait, wait, is wait, going who, who to Who lost do... to who? I'm sorry, Ricky. You get so long-winded sometimes. I don't listen to you. Here's what I'm saying. Syracuse is like the 2014 UConn team that won it all. They will beat the Tar Heels on Saturday. And if they play Villanova, they'll win it all. But if they play Oklahoma, Oklahoma's going to win it. Yeah, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that one. I, however, I, however, I am. I oh, I almost said it with a straight face. I almost got all the way through it. But what I'm really thinking is UNC Oklahoma. That's what we're going to get. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really paying any attention to you. I mean, I would love for Syracuse. Like at this point, I would like Syracuse to get to the national title. But that is only because there are a few people in the MVP bracket that have UNC going up against Oklahoma, and I need to jump them in order to win our bracket. So I need like a Syracuse-Oklahoma with Oklahoma winning. What about Villanova versus Buddy Heel, though? Or actually, should I say Archie Diacono versus Buddy Heel? Ryan Archie Diacono. Well, I just have to say, first of all, that's the first last name Ricky's gotten right in about four years. But um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to say, if you take a look at Buddy Heald and you see what he did against Oregon, 37 points. If he, you, if he does that again, piece against of trivia? Villanova. You want a piece of trivia? When I'm done. Okay. He will be, <laughs> they will be unstoppable. <laughs> they will be unstoppable. Can I say my if trivia o- yet? I am not done yet. <laughs> go ahead. Go when ahead. O- go ahead. I'm, tur- I'm turning my mic off. <laughs> when Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, gosh. When <laughs> If Oklahoma and Buddy Heald are able to go off like that, you have basically you have your choice of three in the corner, three on the wing, three in the other corner. Heald went off. And he relies on other guys strongly. And they need to play their role well. If they don't do that, Buddy Heald doesn't have his success. I think this Oklahoma team is a very well-oiled machine. I think they get the win against Nova. Yeah, uh, Villanova. Let's hear your, your piece of trivia. Well, before that, Villanova. Oh, no, I want to hear your trivia right, right now. now. You're okay. urgent okay. to get it on. Buddy Heels 37 points tied a school record for most of the tournament game by a Sooner. Who was the last Sooner to do so? Do you want a hint? I just want the answer. You know Stacey I don't know. Stacey King. Stacey King. Bulls announcer. Uh, played for the Bulls. Oh, yeah. Who, Stacey, Stacey King. King. Yeah, because I, I would never know who that is. But when it comes to this game, eh, Villanova, I'm sorry. It was a great tournament run while it lasted, but Buddy Heal is going to win. He's most likely going to win this tournament. And I'm even going to say this, Brandon. By the time this tournament is over, his play this postseason could make him a top three pick in the NBA draft. Will he be? Probably not because he's really like a five at best, but a team may bite on him sooner because he's averaging so many points this tournament, and especially if he goes off for 37 again in Houston. Sometime in Houston, whether it's the semifinals or the national championship. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Buddy Heald, really, with his play, I I think he's moved himself up the draft board. I really do. I think he's a first-round draft pick. I mean, I I don't see anyone who wouldn't want him, Mm -hmm. unless they don't want you know someone to be their team's spokesman, because then 
maybe not him. But I think that uh, Buddy Heald has done a phenomenal job. He's a phenomenal player and a young man. And I think that that's more what you want. I think that's what teams look for. They look for the complete package. They don't want, you know, if you, you take a look at things, and we've seen it a lot of times in the NFL, but we've seen a guy who's really, really talented. Yeah, he's kind of got a sketchy, mm-hmm. you know, personal life. Buddy Heald comes with... Kind of like Kem Dietschy on the NFL side. Yes. Mm-hmm. Buddy Heald comes with a great... He's a great player. He stayed in college mm-hmm. to perfect his shot, mm-hmm. to get better. That shows that he's committed to success. That's what a team wants. Commitment. That's what Buddy Heald has. And I think he has the player part down pat. But then you look at the personal life. He loves his mom. Seems like a mama's boy. Gotta love the mama's boy. And he just seems like a really good guy. And I think that those two things together will make him a great NBA player. And you know what I love? There's an article I'm looking at right now on ESPN of the formula for success and the failure for all the teams in the Final Four. Why Oklahoma cuts down the nets? It's easy because of Buddy Heal. Was it safe for why they leave Houston without a championship? Because an opponent will capitalize off of their turnovers. That's the thing they got to do. Stop turning over the basketball, and they're going to hear one shining moment while cutting down those nets. One shining moment. <laughs> Way to go, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> that was great when we saw that at the United Center. However, Brandon, we're going to move on to our last topic here on the podcast, and it's one that you love. It's an NBA draft topic because oh, we all yes, know. Oh, yes, I do enjoy draft topics. We all know how much Brandon loves draft topics. I know they are our most popular videos, but Brandon just can't stand them for some reason. No, I think they're boring. But I think gonna, they're boring because literally everyone else does them. Well, hey, if everybody likes them. Why not talk about it? And what we're going to talk about here is we've Sorry, got <laughs> we've got the Fast Break podcast. On the Fast Break, we've been talking about who could go where, who's a sleeper, who's overrated. So what does the Primetime Podcast talk about? And it hit me. You know what? Who should stay in college basketball? Who should stay? And one guy, I'm, I have a few names I'm going to bring up, but one guy that I'll start with. And this isn't me. This is Sean Anderson from the Fast Break has said that this player should probably stay in college. And, Brandon, I want to get your thoughts on it just to kind of open up this segment. Sean has said that Chris Dunn is not going to be that good of an NBA prospect. Should Chris Dunn maybe come back for a senior season? Because there's a new rule where you can now declare for the draft then after the lottery happens, you can declare, teams can talk to you. Then when the lottery happens, you can decide, I don't like the order, I'm going to come back to class. Should Chris Dunn go back to class and stay in college? You know, I, I'm really not so sure about that. Um, I, I In, in his 2015-2016 season, uh, he averaged, you know, 16 points per game. You take a look at what his field goal percentage was. It was close to 45%. He was 37% from three. 
free throw percentage was right around 70. That could be a lot better. I, I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of people go into the draft looking a lot worse than that. I, I, I'm not exactly seeing where the issue would be in him, you know, going, I don't know, going back, going back for, again. I mean, I, I could see him going to the draft right now. I mean, mm. you're, you are a junior. You, you can't, you can go, you know, you've been there long enough. You can go, but I, uh, I don't see it. I think he should go to the draft too. And me and Sean have had that discussion on the air, off the air. However, there's a point guard I'm going to throw out that should, should stay in college, stay for a senior season with the Wolfpack of NC State. And that's Cat Barber, the junior 6'2", 185 point guard for North Carolina State, and the reason is clear. I mean, he had a pretty good end of the season for the Wolfpack. However, he's undersized. I mean, just comparing him to Chris Dunn, who we talked about two seconds ago, Chris Dunn's 6'4", 220. Anthony Barber is 6'2", so he's two inches shorter, and nearly 40, 40 pounds lighter than Chris Dunn. So right away, size is a deal. So maybe stay in school, bulk bulk up a bit. But the thing that I think he needs to work on the most is his jump shot mechanics. Look at Buddy Heal. There was a story they did on one of the college game days this year how Buddy Heal was shooting from like the complete right side of his head his sophomore season, and then they fixed it to how he should be shooting. And... That's one of the reasons why they're saying he's having such a better season shooting the ball. Anthony Barber, to me, is just one of those guys who I see that now needs to work on his jump shot mechanic. And I'm like, uh, shot selection's not the best. He's a guy that if I I feel like if he comes out, it's going to be a, uh, you should have stayed because you've gotten masked by all the better point guards in this draft because, let's be honest, there's a lot of them in this draft that are going to get taken to where Jamal Murray, Chris Dunn, you've got Deontay Murray from Washington where I'm still a little iffy on him coming out. Tyler Eulis, who to me could be one of the best point guards in this draft. Demetrius Johnson from Notre Dame to where I think Cat Barber should just, you know what, stay at school, see if I can go to the tournament with NC State and fix my mechanics. Who's a name that you think should stay in college and forego going into the draft? I'd say Ben Bentel going back to Providence. Just a sophomore. Especially if him and him and Dunn came back, man. Woo. But you take a look, if him and Dunn leave, Providence, Providence is, is hurt. Yeah. You know, th- we're talking about Ben Bentel, mm-hmm. forward who averaged 34 minutes a game, 21 points per game, 7 rebounds, Shot 46% from the field, was close to 80% from the free throw line. This guy, I think, may be more valuable than Chris Dunn. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who, you come back, you know, you could have even more stock going in after next year. You leave as a junior. I mean, he bounced from averaging six points a game in 2014 15 to 21 points per game in 2015 16. That's incredible. 
Yeah, and I mean, uh, like, to me, I feel like, I agree with you, he should stay because Providence, like, isn't it amazing that Chris Dunn and Benthel together is almost like the same thing we talked about last week with Ben Simmons? Yes. Because those yes. two players may, may equal one of Ben Simmons, but I'm going to throw another name out there, and I'm going to see if you agree with me or not. Should stay in college, should be a Terrapin for a little bit longer, Melo Trimble should stay in college. Yeah, if you look like if you look at the stats, he had he's averaging two less points per game, around the same amount of turnovers. Yeah, he's assisting the ball a little more. However, he's shooting the ball less. He's shooting way less, nearly a ten percent difference from three point to last year to this year. He is same free throw percentage from the line. It's a little bit better, but. Melo Trimble didn't have that great of a season this year. Not like the season that he had last year. I mean, based on the season he had last year, I had him going to the Final Four. That just wasn't the case. And I mean, as a sophomore, going into your junior year, why not stay another year? Why not try to recreate what you had that freshman year? Because with Melo Trimble, I'm going to say it, if he comes out, he's going to be a second-round talent that doesn't make it in the NBA. How about this one? How about Sabonis? I thought about it. I thought about it. And we we saw him live. And, I mean, the first thing I think of is he's 6'10", 240. And I know it's only one game. I know it was only one game. But he was getting murdered in the paint against Syracuse. And this isn't even a should there have been calls, should there not have been calls. It's just a fact of... If you're getting murdered in the paint against college kids on Virginia, just imagine what the the big guys like Boogie Collins, Al Horford, Dwight Howard, what are they going to do for you? And I mean, I know you may be saying, yeah, but Ricky, I mean, Sabonis is technically listed as a power forward. Could he technically play the four for a team? He was playing, I don't know about you, Brandon, but when... They played Syracuse. He was playing down low a lot. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And he was getting, though, a lot of boards. I mean, he was close to, what, 20? He was close to 20 rebounds. Well, he had 11 at half. I think he finished with 16. So not on pace to what he might have had if he kept up that same, but he was pretty close to 20. Pretty close. I mean, 16 ain't that far from uh, 20, but it's just one of those things where maybe... I think I, I really think a guy like him, though, he's got a lot more time. He's got a lot more time to get even better than, than what he is right now. You want to know why else I wouldn't go to the draft if I was him? And it's simple, because I was watching an interview. I can't remember what it was in, but I was watching an interview... That they asked him, well, why did you come over back to college? I mean, he was born in Portland, but he's played various junior and senior levels in Spain. They were asking him, well, why did you come back for college? Why didn't you, after playing overseas, why didn't you just go right into the draft? And he gave a simple answer. 
that answer was he wants to cut down the nets. He wants to cut down the nets and have that to him. He described it as that's one of the best feelings in the world. Cut down that net, one shining moment playing. Not many people get to wit, like be a part of that. So to me, I feel like Sabonis, because they didn't win it this year, he's going to stay. He's going to stay in college. He's not going to leave this season. That's what I think. Yeah, I could agree with you, but I, honestly, I would think that a lot of college players would want to do that. Mm-hmm. Especially these college players that are on these really good teams. Why would you want to leave? You got an opportunity to do something really special in college. And I may be speaking for myself here, but college is so much more exciting than NBA. Yeah, you get the big money when mm-hmm. you go to the NBA, the big lights. College is where the energy is. Plus, I mean, with Sabonis, I feel like he can take one more year to kind of just find out who he is. Like, where is he going to fit on an NBA team? Is he going to be a post four? Is he going to be a five? Is he going to be a stretch four? You can take that and kind of develop what you want to be in the NBA in college. And plus, your Gonzaga team... You you have a chance to win the WCC yet again next season. The only team standing in your way is St. Mary's, who you beat this year. And then you go on a Sweet 16 tournament run. The Magic's going to be there in Gonzaga as long as Mark Few is the head coach. And with Sabonis, they could be right back. Right back next year. But we're going to end this topic on one thing. And I'm glad I get to ask this question because... You will actually have this discussion with me, Brandon. The guys on the fast break won't. I'm going to be very frank. Should Ben Simmons stay in college? Yeah, he should. And I say that he should because he has a lot to improve on. And that's me personally. I mean, I think a lot of people would take a look at him and, oh, Ben Simmons, you know, he was a big name at the be. I'd probably say at the beginning of the season, early middle of the season, but uh, he uh, he wore off. You know, he mm-hmm. wore off. LSU His team was didn't not even good. Make the I mean, LSU <laughs> they scored thirty eight points in in a in mm-hmm. the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sucked. But Ben Simmons needs to get better. He needs to be a leader. He needs to step up as a leader, and that means a lot. I think. Uh, he, he he has a lot more to learn. He has a lot more to learn. He's young. He's just a kid. I, I think you stay in college, you you mature, you grow, you become a better player, you become a better man. You know, all the things that, that Marcus Page was talking about in his senior speech to to all the fans. Not only did he become a better basketball player under Roy Williams, he became, he a, became better a better person. man. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. It's not just about basketball, it's about life. Because guess what? When you're 40, you ain't going to be playing basketball anymore. You're done. You are going to be living your life. A life that may not be filled with playing basketball anymore. You got to be able to do other things. And I think that Ben Simmons has got a lot of room to improve. Well, and here's one thing. I'm going to play devil's advocate on myself a little bit. I feel like ultimately I'm sitting here right now 
at a 90-10 yes to no in whether he should come back. 90% yes because he needs to come back. He needs to work on he needs to work on things like his shot, being a better leader, not running away from shots late in games. I mean, I know Dave on the Fast Break podcast said, well, look at the same with the, we compare him to LeBron. LeBron's run away from taking the final shot. Yeah, and guess what? That's one of LeBron's biggest criticisms is that he can't knock down the final shot. You know who could knock down the final shot? The greatest player to ever play the game, Michael Jordan, but that's besides the point. The thing I also want to throw out there is on every single Final Four team this year, what is the one thing that all four teams have? Do you know, Brandon? The one thing that all four teams have on their team. An assassin. Close. They all have that senior leadership. Oklahoma, Buddy Heal. Villanova, Archie Diacono. North Carolina, Marcus Page. Syracuse, Benege. All of them senior leaders on their team. Go back to school, Ben. Be Big Ben down low. Be what Shaq was for the LSU Tigers. However... There's that 10% of me that says no only if the Lakers get the number one pick. Then you go to L.A. You become Kobe Bryant, but you'll never be Kobe Bryant because there's only one Kobe Bryant. So really 100% go back to college. And you know what I, you, you know what I think. You know, I, I, I told you mm-hmm. before, I, I don't... You know, Simmons, they're... they're and especially because I feel like there's so many negative things surrounding Ben Simmons right now, I would go back just to clear it all up. Mm-hmm. I would go back to show everyone, hey, you know, I, in my freshman year I may have been this kid. You know, be be the comeback player. Be the player that people know you can be and, and assume that you would be. Go back and be that player. Don't end by being this one. Well, that's going to do it this week for the Primetime Podcast. I want to thank you guys all for checking us out, giving us a listen. If you're listening on SoundCloud, please hit that little heart button and that repost button. If you're new to Most Valuable Podcast, please hit that follow button. If you're on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button. It really helps us out. We have gotten to 900, and we are on the road to 1,000 subscribers. We'll have a special message for you guys when we get to the big one, triple O. I want to thank you guys yet again for checking this out. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. It's nice and simple. Brandon's got to be complicated and throw the underscore in there at young underscore swan 19. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. Thanks again for checking this one out. We'll catch you guys next week a little bit later than this because we got to watch the national championship game, but whatever. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.